tuned into the going off podcast how y'all doing you were just talking to me about something that you needed to bring up and i had only heard like a little bit of it <laughs> something about a cobra <laughs> oh, that's only that's only kind of important before we were recording we were talking about making it as a content creator trying to pave your own way you know yes. in the wild wild west that is the internet and a name i hadn't thought of in a while um, I randomly decided to look up and see what they were doing. Uh, people in the North Carolina area might know them more than other regions, but they did get some nationwide exposure uh, there feeling, for a little bit. Already I'm feeling shame. The, the Holderness <laughs> family? This guy, he was he was an anchor in on one of like the local North Carolina news, like like local stations i think he was either mm, sure yeah he was either a weatherman or news guy i don't know it's honestly not important but he fucking quit his job one day and decided i'm gonna stay at home and i'm gonna make the corniest parody song videos with my family my wife and my kids and they made a couple that like went super viral early on and i think they're like christmas songs uh, they did one about, I think it was a parody of Will Smith's Miami, but it was Christmas Jammies. What? Yeah, but, um. <laughs> oh my, Christmas Jammies. Bienvenido Christmas Jammies. Dude, you got it. <laughs> it practically writes itself. So I Googled them and a video came up. And if anyone wants to look this up, they're free to. They did a parody song of Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi about a local news story. Again, I don't know how widely this got spread around, but someone who owned a cobra, uh, it escaped from their house and it created a fucking stir in the neighborhood and everyone was scared and they had to get out and they fucking had to find it and i'm pretty sure they fucking took it because they were like you're not supposed to have this or some shit any kind of improv prompt for a parody song is good enough for the holderness family i guess so yeah that's what you heard before we were recording was a snippet of the the living on a prayer cover about a snake that you could tell was written in like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> like they saw the news story and the song was written in five minutes. <laughs> but see, of course, it's very fitting that the embedded video is from Facebook because this is exactly, this is Facebook content. There's a video called Die Hard is a Christmas Movie because this is still an argument we're needing to have in 2021, what, what I guess. This? Yeah, what part, What year on the internet was this? 2009? What? Right? Um, that was uploaded two days ago. Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> I thought she was about to be like, oh yeah, these videos that they did a decade ago. No, 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 no. Um, but they have another one that was that's called Keeping It Real This Christmas. That was uploaded a week ago. So they fucking put these up really quick. I don't know. Grinding. I don't know if they have someone who's editing it for them or what. Oh, this is a fucking labor of love. <laughs> Five million combined subscribers and a total of one billion views. Whoa. Uh, they are a local family based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, consisting of husband and wife, Penn and Kim, Holderness, and their daughter and son, who un who are very, very young and get forced into yeah, these see, fucking videos. Yeah, I was thinking some daddy of five shit, but I didn't want to say nothing. You know, I'm like... <laughs> That feels too much because that was a very extreme situation. But still, yeah, I don't like the general idea of like, oh, let's get the kids to no, like. <laughs> I actually, I didn't realize I was this deep in the Holderness lore. They first found fame in 2013 when they released Christmas Jammies, a parody of Will Smith's Miami, meant to be their family's digital Christmas card. Overnight, their video went viral, gaining 15 million views in one week. So, so they, they were like, oh, this wasn't supposed to that, and they're trying to strike while the iron's hot for the last couple of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. It says, uh, subsequent releases include a Halloween-themed Snoop parody called Kin and Moose. Uh, I think I might have heard of this one. What does that mean? What is that, what is that a oh, reference to? Oh, my family to? and, what are they, Canadian? 
No, they're from Raleigh. <laughs> a Megan Trainer parody, oh, no. which is like, what do you even do there? Like, yeah, is it it's already... already the white, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, white bread version of itself? Yeah, like you got um, all about that based for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. <laughs> uh, they did a parody of Eminem's Lose Yourself that they didn't even say what it was because probably it was even too shitty to list in the Wikipedia article. And a parody of oh, Dean Martin's Without Meat? The, uh, all oh. that parody? Oh! <laughs> uh, in 2020, when COVID-19 hit, they made several viral parodies. Of course, they oh, got to sure. capitalize on everything! <laughs> um... They made several viral parodies, including uh, skits, including a Hamilton medley about wearing a mask. Well, you know, at least they're on the uh, right side of that debate there. Yeah, there, there's a very good chance they could have went the other way. <laughs> right? uh, oh, my God. I've been talking to you like uh, every now and then about like some celebrity that'll bring up like, you know, hey, I'm actually wearing a mask. And it's like, oh, my God. Thank you, thank you for just letting us know that you haven't had your brain melted by the internet, famous person. Okay, uh, hold on a second. What? Hold the fucking phone. They have released a new Christmas jammies every holiday season? Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. Do they redo the music oh. video? Like, what? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Why? <laughs> X-Men. Oh, why am I looking this, this up? Time. They're trying to make it the new fucking all I want for Christmas is you. Oh, for fucks. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Okay, it's Christmas jammies, but it's not always a parody of the same song. Oh, so that's like the name they, they, they go with. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. The Christmas jammies series. <laughs> oh, oh, really? That's all It's Mr. Brightside by the Killers for everyone who's not um who's not familiar with this one. Coming out of this year, I know it's been kind of sad. 2020, yeah, it's historically bad, but it's Christmas time, so our last video, we celebrate all the things that didn't totally blow. Takeout got really good, more convenient for you. Now all of these really good restaurants all have drive-throughs. Oh my god! What the who, fuck? Who needs this? <laughs> They're so forced. Yeah. See, these are way worse. Like if you're not Weird Al, man, don't even try. Like the who who is that one YouTuber guy? I can't even remember. It, it, they were There's the guys so who fucking were responsible many. for uh what? There's so many. Yeah, Who can you possibly be talking about? The key of awesome. Yeah, it was... Uh, the key, oh, God. And they did. They started off being doing the Obama Girl video or something Obama like Girl. Yeah, I remember and that. And they jumped from that to doing, like, parodies of songs. And they were all bad. They were all just, yeah. like, just making... Like, it was just, like, sub-mad TV where it was just, like... Uh, they started off kind of making fun of the song, and then they just ended up making fun of the artist for, like, weirder and more bizarre random yeah. shit. Like... That oh, used to be the that used to be a cheat code on YouTube. By the way, was to just make a parody song music video. Uh, I re I remember <laughs> that would that was almost guaranteed numbers. Um, and they would yeah. like randomly have like, oh, uh, I'm Deadpool and I'm in this video too, or some random oh, shit like that. Like it's the same randomness that they do with fucking baby videos now, with fucking Spider Man and Elsa and the Grinch. Yeah, it's like basically the proto version of that. <laughs> just throw some random pop culture character in this video, and people are gonna go, "What? Why is Bane celebrating Thanksgiving?" <laughs> I don't know. We've got a few things we actually wanted to talk about this week. This week. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, might be a little overstuffed if Ooh. I can. Uh, it, it's still close enough to Thanksgiving, right? I hope so. <laughs> because I briefly want to talk about the Macy's Day Parade and a couple of the key performances. I was actually hanging out with my family uh, and the TV was on. So I actually caught uh, most or all of this. So I'm going to know it. I'm going to actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> Luckily for me. Um, it was streaming live on Peacock, so I was able to just watch it on there. Oh, uh, no. 
And conveniently enough, they also decided to stream the uh, the dog show afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I saw. There was the dog show, and I was like, oh, I guess we just watch the dog. I, I get not not the worst television, I guess. Who doesn't want to look at dogs? That's the yearly tradition. You you watch the Macy's Day Parade, and then you watch the fucking dog show. You got to stick around for the dog show. Yeah, um, Kristen show, Christopher Guest movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. To open things off, and I'm gonna say this up front, I'm like, no, I'm going to acknowledge, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. These are all lip sync performances. Like, no one's actually singing. Oh, they were all lip sync. Even the uh, people doing the uh, the thing that wasn't on a uh, that were uh, there was some like main stage where it was like. I think so. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm gonna say yes, but I I, I might be wrong. The, the very first performance was from. An upcoming NBC Live um, Annie special. Yes, that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And the girl that was playing Annie sounded fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, all right, she's doing pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I'm for it. She sounded fucking incredible. I am not, however, here for Harry Connick Jr.'s bald. I was bald, just about to say, bald I was like, Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> pretending to be bald. <laughs> I, oh God, that looks that looked rough. I wasn't you can't a fan. find a real bald man? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that should absolutely be like I hate to typecast, but like you gotta hire a bald guy for, See, for that, right? right? Here, like here's how I think, right? If you're doing a local production, fine. Mm. Maybe you can't get a bald guy. You would get if you're fucking sure. New York, you can kind of fucking bald guy. <laughs> You telling me you didn't see anyone? No one auditioned that that didn't have a full head of hair. You're fucking kidding me. I don't believe that. I have to give a shout out. I have to because. There were very few people that I was actually, like, wanting to see or waiting to see. When I started the show and they were doing the rundown of all the performers and they said Kim fucking Petras was performing, I was like, what? I had no idea that she was even going to fucking Move be there. Aside, Nelly. <laughs> it really is a weird who's who, but we'll get to some of these. Um... <laughs> And Kim performed a very old song on a coach float. I thought that was fun. I got to talk about your boy, Andy Grammer. Andy Grammer? Andy Grammer had a song called Honey, I'm Good. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. The oh, most... no, honey, I'm good. The... Oh, that's so... the, the, the Facebook video, right? Like from a couple of years ago. Oh, God, it was a face off. Oh, <laughs> oh, everybody send in your videos of, yeah, we could. Did the Holderness family send in a video for the oh, Andy Grammer music video? <laughs> if they didn't, that's a huge missed opportunity. They had to have. Yeah, I forgot about that. It was like couples singing to each other because Neb and I parried it for a fucking review of this song. Look oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh, that video is so embarrassing and probably does not age well. Please don't anybody look up the Honey, I'm Good music video. It's going to be so bad because it's all like people at home doing lyrics, like lyric videos. Yeah. Holding up pieces of paper with the word. Oh, God. Anyway. And it, wait, there's, sing, there's couples saying, hey, I'm good. I don't want to have sex with you because I have someone at home. Like, doesn't even make sense. It's, the video should be all about uh, being drunk in a bar and about to pick up a chick. And you pick up your phone like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm about to go. <laughs> That's what the video should have been. <laughs> it's weird. In that same year, we got that and also uh, Cheerleader, which is basically the same thing. Cheerleader? What was that one? Was there a music video where they did that as well? Oh, oh, oh it's the same sort of light. Ooh, this is for, you know, the, the couples on Facebook. Like that type of song. Cheerleader was also a song where someone's trying to hit on the lead singer and That's he's true. turning them yeah. down. But the song Andy Grammer performed at the parade, Damn It Feels Good To Be Me. I thought you were about to say Damn It Feels Good To Be A Gangster. <laughs> if this was a live performance... I would give him some slack, I guess. But because it's the fucking album version of the song, it sounds so bad. I don't understand how they recorded it. It sounded like this. They approved it and then thought this is good enough for the fucking parade. We're going to play this over a loudspeaker and you have to act out these horrible things, like this horrible range, these noises you make. If no one's heard, damn, it feels good to be me, which I wouldn't be surprised. 
at this point. I don't think anyone ran to Spotify after hearing it at the parade. Um, look that one up. That song is atrocious. There was an awkward one. Did you see Foreigner? I think so, yes. Uh, I want to know it? what love is with a child yeah. chorus. <laughs> so you have oh, a boy. bunch of kids going, um, I want you to show. That was awkward. <laughs> That was fucking weird. I didn't like that. The thing that I was confused about was like, like, okay, so there would be times where it stopped and a performance happened, and I'm yes. like, okay, we're we're with the cameras, we're seeing the the goods, we're seeing the you know the jingle all the way, you know, stop the thing for the, to do a little action thing. But like, that was really suck for anyone two blocks away, and it's just like, I guess we're just gonna be looking at these guys for a couple of minutes. Did you see the VR tech shit that they tried to do? Oh Jesus! That was so embarrassing. Like the who fucking meta showcase. Who cares? Yeah, oh. Facebook trying so hard to make their shit relevant. Like, see guys, you can see extra floats. Ooh, you see oh. these two guys that get real close and then they take off in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they did. And initially, it was like Santa had to go. Oh, I see him. There he goes. Oh, very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, they did the Star Wars one, and then they had someone sitting on the sidelines, and they were wearing a meta Facebook wireless VR headset, and you saw, like, what they were seeing. It was, yeah, like, this was VR weird. thing, and it was just a commercial for the headset that went for, like, a couple minutes, and it didn't even look interesting or engaging, so... Yeah, it's like who wants the? Uh, oh, I can't wait to spend what five hundred dollars so I can see two extra floats that look fake as shit. Like what? I, mm. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> you had messaged me saying that you had seen the AMAs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and We've got more stuff, folks. Can you believe it? It's been even longer since that one actually hasn't it. So is, is that the last yeah, I think so. <laughs> You know, they were okay. They, they were all right. Um, mm. Cardi, Cardi B was basically what was what brought it up to an all right. You know, just just from her insane outfits, like the, the, the one with the huge feathers that were like basically in her face while she was trying mm. to put the microphone close to her so she could speak. So that I didn't kind of... actually get to see any of Cardi's stuff. Was she hosting or something? Oh, yeah, she was hosting and she was so crazy. Um, there okay. was one part where she was introducing, uh, um, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, Puerto Rican uh, d- dude, I can't remember who it was, but she was like, like yeah, this dude, and she had like this really flowy yellow thing on. And so when she announced him, like I almost like kind of couldn't hear what she was saying right at the end because she was just so sort of like, <laughs> she started waving her arms and like a bunch of smoke just came out as the song started. I was like, oh my wow, god, that, that's the that's the energy of the intro you need. <laughs> I Holy want that. Shit. I want Cardi B as my opener. Yeah, for say. real. That's what hypes the fucking crowd. <laughs> No matter what you do, people are going to be hyped. I feel like I always notice with these war shows where, like, it feels like the mic's not working right. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, but yeah, I saw Tyler, the creator. And now for the raps, like, usually, like, maybe they just don't sound check. The raps is good enough. But, like, it's usually Mm. a problem. But I think he did relatively good with it. And uh, also, I mean, because his voice is just deeper. So I think it's just kind of, like, a little harder for that to pick up. But I think for what it was worth relative to everything else, like, I think he did a really good job. And also, just his Jim Carrey-like movements as, as he, you know, moves around and dances and shit. Like, it's always, I really did like his performance. So he's a sight to sure. see. And especially when he has the, uh, you know, it's like a really Christmassy look and feel, but, like, he's still got, like, the menace to him, you know, and especially with the way the, the light yeah. flickers on and off. And he has those uh, Stanley Kubrick eyes, you know, while he was performing. Oh. You know what I'm talking about, right? You yeah. Know, where, where you glower underneath your eyes eyebrows you know <laughs> he was doing a fucking Kubrick stare rapping for sure that, that was fucking creepy yeah so I thought he was really cool uh especially they always had the ended... set pieces it's like this time it was like in front of a house right yeah but only like the very front of the house was real like the rest of it was like a projection I guess yeah I thought that and you saw cool. like this dude walking around in the background yeah what's he doing who's that, that? Like you, you could only see in the windows, like 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 the silhouette of someone, and they were just like walking around on the phone talking. Yeah. And I don't think they ever really acknowledged who that who that was, who that was supposed to be, but they're just kind of walking around, chilling. Yeah, I, I like how it ended like all up in his face, you know, as he was saying the the final lyrics, like you know, I, I do this shit, uh, all these deep breaks, <laughs> just so you could talk shit about it on your lunch break, <laughs> you know. Um, That's such a weird bar to end on, too. Yeah. Like I don't ever really think I noticed. 
how weird of a line that is to end on, or, or did it even end on that originally no, it, on the it, album? It ended on that because it, it's that specific, like yeah, it ends like weirdly callous. You know, this is like we're celebrating yeah. you, Tyler. You're the underground, you know, sensation. We, I think everyone likes you. Like what? Why, I wish more songs did that. More yeah. just, I don't give a fuck how this sounds. I'm mad. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna know I'm mad. Um, yeah, I love the way he was like stretching his legs out and doing all those like motions and shit. And then, especially at the end when he gets on the scooter and he just like kicks his leg out. He's <laughs> always on the move. I, I like that about his things. It's always just like, it's always like we're just seeing him on a stop on his world tour. Right, right. Hey, um, what are you doing tonight, Tyler? Well, um, for this one, I'm gonna stand out and I'm gonna stand out in the snow in front of this house, sing one song. And then you come drive me to my next location. Did you notice the audience was popping for the snow machine? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like spurting snow off the sides of the screen, and you heard people cheering for it. Like, can, can you just pay attention to Tyler and not the shitty snow machine? Again, the Grammys would have had a better snow machine. Oh, for sure. It, it would have been a little, uh, little thicker on that snow there, for sure. Oh, yeah. It was just... <laughs> Look shitty. Shit, um, you got? <laughs> what the fuck? We're, we're, we're low on snow juice. Okay, yeah, this more, is the best we can do. It's more shredded papers. <laughs> <laughs> Just have it be a ticker tape. Um, um, BTS. Yeah. Oh my god, the first performance they did with Coldplay that was such a dud. This Ooh. obvious ass Ooh. like we're doing like we're doing this song because Coldplay is trying to be relevant. So I guess. And they paid us enough money, so I guess we're doing Like, that so gives that energy. That was the first performance from them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That was so awkward. I hated it. Um, and again, the fucking mics, which didn't sound good. And Coldplay, uh, uh, the Chris Martin, whoever, singing clearly under voice, like, or is that just oh, like yeah. how good he sings normally? Like, it's It sounded so weird. His voice... And the voices of the guys in BTS did not gel at all. It sounded really bad, yeah, actually. And, yeah, I just... I'm not a big BTS person anyway, honestly. I've honestly never understood it. They're just See, not I, for me. I actually do enjoy uh, a lot of music. Like, I'm not, like, you know, plunged into the depths of it all the time. But, like, anytime I hear something, it's like, oh, yeah, this is... How, you know, uh, if we still had band, uh, boy bands, th this is how competent they should probably be at this point. You know, I was thinking about specifically because of the, uh, they had the Battle of Boston with the, uh, the, oh, the yeah. <laughs> with New Kids on the Block at New Edition, uh, which, by the way, uh, New Edition won. <laughs> yeah, and, and they were actually looking pretty fresh, at least New Edition, like, they like fucking straight ass, like, 70s, like, yeah. style flared out pimps, like, when they went on the stage, I was like, oh shit. You I know? think everyone looked and sounded okay. Um, better than fucking Chris Martin, yeah, for real. Right. Like, that really, that absolutely reeks of desperation of wanting to be relevant. Like, yeah. grabbing onto the coattails of BTS. But even Butter, I never really clicked with that song either. No, like, I like, like, like I said, I like their performances of it. Like, that's all, mm. like, the most popular songs seem to not be the best ones. Mm. <laughs> like, I guess that's just how it goes. But, like, yeah. whenever I see them performing and, like, you know, fucking doing the thing, having the coordinated suits, this is just, like, I, I feel like, it's like, this is what we should be being spoiled with. Like, coordinated dudes coming together doing a bit. Like, what happened to this? Like, why are, why are we not doing this? Like, why is there not more groups that, like, because, look, we can talk about uh, pop music, too. But, like, no, if you're going to do pop, you need to be a fucking showman, right? Like, and that's what they're goddamn doing, you know? They're, they're, they're doing the performances. They're weaving in and out of each other with the dance moves. Like, that's competency as just a, a, a pop group. There was the one girl with, I, I thought this was the last one, but no, it was uh, BTS. Uh, it was like, Girls Like Us. Uh, the, the the big girl kind of has the PM Dawn glasses, you know. What I'm yeah, talking she about? fucking sang at the parade too. Yeah, and yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she was there too. She was looking all stuff. Yeah, I thought uh, that was really cool. My only Zoe thing Wee's. Was, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My only thing was like her hair is just so long and it's like mm. dragging all around her as she was walking, and I was just like, oh. please don't fall. <laughs> 
look. Oh, this man. would be so embarrassing. But it's just like, and it didn't seem like she was like pay, noticing it or like being aware no, of it no. and moving accordingly. It just seemed like she was just walking and her hair was just going all around, which is like it could have like gone right underneath her shoes. And like, Ooh. you know what I mean? I was just so just like, uh, like the whole time, all I'm doing You're is just watching. anxious? <laughs> yeah, all I'm doing is watching her feet. I was just like, Ooh. please don't fall. <laughs> we got a couple uh, album review requests this week. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we should probably start with The Pretty Reckless. Yeah, let's start with The Pretty Reckless, an album from this year, which uh, I was like, hey, look at that. We're <laughs> we're current. <laughs> I-B-X-C-V. Yeah, I wasn't going to guess that one. Uh, <laughs> thank you for requesting Death by Rock and Roll by The Pretty Reckless. A name I already like, like just off the riff. Like we're we're pretty reckless. Something I was unaware of that the lead singer is the actress who played Cindy Lou Who in the Jim Carrey Grinch. You've gotta be fucking kidding me! No, <laughs> holy shit! And yo, I don't give a damn what you say. I like that movie. Sorry, it's just <laughs> a staple for me. Sorry, and so is Jingle All the Way. Sorry, you oh. just gonna have to call me a basic bitch. I love these <laughs> <laughs> basic Christmas bitch. <laughs> Yes. It's all good. It's fine. But, oh my god, I loved that movie, and just knowing that just made me go like, just made my grin grow twice as big this day. I'm like, <laughs> what? And Cindy Lulu, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> this album, for me... <sighs> uh oh, uh oh, yeah! <laughs> hit us with the muse size. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just... Stop it! It just didn't hit me, man. Like, are you feeling like it's just like 2021? You try to you try to bring it back, huh? You try to bring back the uh, rock right now. You try to <laughs> look. There was I was unaware of this obviously because it was way before my time. But I was informed recently that in the mid '60s there was a big push for old style rock and roll sound. Like late fifties, oh, like Chuck Berry, that that kind of style, and we have clearly moved past that into like psychedelia, and the Beatles changed their sound too. But everybody was waiting for the big comeback, like oh, what's old rock and roll sound like? We got this album, which is what I was reminded of. It sounds like it's like late seventies, maybe up to mid eighties kind of hard rock for the most part but like in a way that's like really uh at least like has lyrics that kind of like are making it clear that that is the point in a way right where it's just like this is the homage uh especially with the first track and was it the next to last track and then i remembered oh right this was uh the woman who did the heaven knows track you remember that one Oh, the heaven does we belong way down below way down below and look I'll, 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 granted, I'll give you that. It was like, yeah, it's totally doing the throwback sound. But I'll be honest, when I was clicking through the radio and trying to hear what else was on the radio, hey, at least it was some fucking energy. You know what I mean? Like, I do not remember that one, I don't think. Yeah, it was a, oh, no, heaven knows we belong way down below. And then the kids' choir comes in, oh, no, heaven. Like she uh, clearly does on another one of these tracks. So this is like, all right, all right, that's, yeah. the sound, that's your sound for that. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, I had I had a good enough time. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> this was, um, I didn't dislike any of the songs on here. I just wasn't really, none of these really clicked. It was feeling too pastiche Yeah, like, not to the extent of, like, a Greta Van Fleet mm. is kind of known right, right, for doing right. that. But... Yeah, put some respect on her. She can sing, I. She can sing. Yeah, for sure. I really do like her voice here. It just didn't always work with the music for me. Like, either the energies mm. weren't really the same, like, on the same wavelength. Like, sometimes she was singing way more subdued than the music was. Sometimes she was singing more energetic than the music was. Like, mm. they just weren't on the same plane. Um, and I just thought the lyrics were kind of weak. Like, mm. there's a couple tracks that stand out. Um, the the one that got the highest rating from me. Actually, no, uh, three songs that got the same rating. So the three highest ratings for me were um, uh, only love can save me. Yeah, yeah, that was a joy. Um, and so it went. Yeah, with and, Tom Morello. And my bones. 
and and so it went with the Tom Morello guitar solo was was much needed. I, I thought that added um, it, was, it was the ones that stood out and just had more of a unique sound. I guess like I'll give you a really good example. Okay, do you remember Wolf Mother? It was like maybe 2006, 2007. They had that song, "Woman, you know, woman, not me, woman," and it just it just sounded like 70s hard rock. And it was like, "Yeah, okay, this is something." Right, right. But do you remember the darkness? Yes, yes, because they had the "I believe in a thing go low, just into the middle of the heart." That one. They also were doing like 70s sound, right? Sure. But they had a very unique approach to it that had individuality and character that they didn't just sound like they were biting a style they were taking it and they were honoring that sound and also bringing something entirely different to it with the other songs that you know they put the they put the old 70s effect on the voice to make it just sound like that 70s song right like you're saying but with the darkness they actually were it sounded like a fresh version of it like this is a part of the 80s maybe you hadn't even heard yet like that sort of thing right yeah but with this, it was like, I kind of got like uh, Lita Ford, Kiss Me Deadly vibes <laughs> from this, which isn't a bad thing. It's just... And you know what it is? I think I appreciated it more because of the fact that like, you know, you really don't hear as many female vocalists just rocking over, you know, rock shit and she, and she holds her own. You know what I mean? Like vocally. I do definitely appreciate it on that level. It's just a lot of the songs just don't really bring anything new and for 2021, I would just kind of expect that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I did like how they played with the time a lot. I thought that was fun. Um, when You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like people didn't do that. Well, I, like as time goes on, people kind of like start using less and less complicated stuff. And as musicians, it's like, you know, it's nice to hear them playing around and doing shit. But that you're still rocking. It doesn't just sound like... Uh, not to be too disparaging, but like it doesn't just sound like math rock where it's just like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four. You know, like it actually <laughs> yeah. feels like they're like, you know, you're feeling the groove with them, but oh, we just fucked with you on there. No, and now we're about to bring up that. Like, that's the energy that I, that's how I felt, right? When, for the tracks when they would do shit like that, that was how I was able to still enjoy it. It was like, oh, yeah, no, not necessarily. All the songs kind of like played with it to that extent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was able to enjoy that uh, a lot more, I felt. Um, I'm noticing even with the songs that I said I liked, like, um, and so it went. That ruined it for me at the end where it had that, like, kid chorus. <laughs> yeah, like you said, the, the you clearly tried to emulate the down below uh, joint that she got big on. Oh, it, it's very, um, oh, it's uh, Pink the same, Floyd. Yeah. Right, we don't need no education. Yeah. <laughs> and then also with My Bones, by the end... I just have written down, how did this track get so bland? The bridge really killed the momentum. There's a lot of songs on here where the song will just be rocking, and then the bridge will just be a very slow down. She's almost like singing way slower on the bridge. And it's just like, it was just hard for me to really feel this album. Like, mm, 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 mm. it was just so middle of the road for me. It, it feels like a real love letter to that sound, right. to, that, uh, to that time. And we just did fucking Silk Sonic. It's kind of like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> actually. You know, I did my Billboard Top 100. We were going through. Yeah, there would be those moments where we're in, you know, the early 80s or late 70s. And then all of a sudden it'll be like someone from the 60s has a hit song in. And it's just like, yeah, and yeah. This clearly doesn't sound as good. And it doesn't have the same energy as when they did it in the 60s. But we're just allowing it because, what well, legends? We got to have these guys. We got to you know? make room. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we got to like, show the respect. Well, if they're doing new cool shit, maybe. Like, you know, David Bowie, like, he was always doing cool new shit. You know, not to give too much away, but like, you know. <laughs> I feel like you are definitely the more, uh, uh, you know, your ears have been rocked a little bit more, you know, <laughs> as my ears have been wrapped a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I feel like to you, yeah, it, it probably comes off a lot more. Uh, so I guess that's what it is. It's like if you have a more passing, you know, uh, uh, like knowledge, relatively more passing knowledge with rock, I think you'll enjoy the, the pastiche of it a little bit more. Then yeah, if you would like actually have gone in and you you've already listened through like all of Led Zeppelin's discography and all these motherfuckers and you're like, what's this though? You know like yeah yeah like is this matching up to the gods? You know as 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 she really is um, 
bring up a lot. Like, you know, I enjoy the references for what they are, but I, I guess uh, on your end, were you, were you a little bit more uh, feeling kind of like, uh, like, oh, okay, yeah, of course, of course you got to reference the great game in the sky. Yeah, I know. Like, you know. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> on the rock and roll heaven, you got to yeah, mention great yeah, game yeah. in the sky. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's get to that one. Um... <laughs> I have written down for that one um, exactly what you'd expect from this and nothing more. Right, yeah. So, uh, okay, so for me, I enjoy the big higher tempo songs and whenever she takes it down is always what I didn't was always when I was kind of like taken out of it and mm, I was feeling yeah. bad at first because I was like is that just because like, you know, shit is so high energy and intense that when it doesn't, I'm like, mm, it doesn't work or am I just genuinely not enjoying these songs as much? And I, I really do think it's that it's just something that just kind of like you know, it doesn't have the exact same uh, drive, you know what I'm saying, as, as the type of yeah. down-tempo songs that she is emulating. But when it's higher tempo and they're doing the, the, the switches, I feel like, for me, there's enough uh, there's enough stuff uh, being thrown up in the air for me to enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, when it's the slower tempo songs, it's kind of it kind of becomes laid bare, how much is like, okay, what about really you? And when she's, there's some of these lyrics that feel a little too... Uh, you know, we should have already written this song 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Like, there was one lyric where the shit was just, like, so basic what the lyrics were. Was it Only Love Can Save Me Now? I thought that was more interesting than the first track, and I like the guitar solo on it. There is something, too, I wanted to touch on that is from the Wikipedia article that it helps your view of the album, I guess, going in. It says in April 2018... Uh, the band's longtime producer was involved in a, motorci- in a motorcycle yeah, accident I saw that. I was like, oh, and no. uh, died later due to the injuries from the crash. Death comes up on a few tracks, like obviously the name of the album, Death by Rock and Roll, in the first cut. It kind of plays with that. If that's the mood you're going for, it doesn't really... It feels more like... Yeah, death by rock and roll. It definitely is that your mileage may vary. Uh, It was more snotty and bratty, and that's the mood I thought we were going for. But then by the time we get to songs like 25, which is a song about the, um, like the, the, the 27 club. Right. Like the musicians who died when they were 27. And now I guess at the time of the album, the, the singer was probably 25 and is like, Will I make it past that number? And right. then later you got Rock and Roll Heaven. It's like so with the first song, it's very incendiary with how it's talking about like death by rock and roll. You know, I want to go with this shotgun blast. I want to go with a woman on her back. I was like, oh shit. You know, it, it, again, like a woman singing this shit just makes it that much more like, oh shit. Like, hey, you know, like oh, we're digging in. You know what I mean? Um, and like, it, you know what it is? It's like. Sure, it kind of feels Halloween costumey, right? Like putting yeah, on the a little bit. But hey, who doesn't enjoy Halloween? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy dressing up. You know what I mean? Not everything. Because here's the thing: if you want to be really, 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 really real, most of those motherfuckers were like on cocaine and shit that they shouldn't have been yeah. on and doing awful shit. So you know, it's like, do we really want to really emulate it? Like go all the way back to it? You know, like let's just have some fun with the with, with the trappings a little bit. Hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, so like there's that level but so it's like on a certain level like the snottiness of you know the lyrics right of saying like hey you know uh you you know when i die say it's death by rock and roll like i i want to enjoy that because it's like is it it, that is sort of the spirit of rock and roll like being kind of like you know being kind of like thumbing your nose at the idea like yeah yeah and i'm inviting the danger i'm inviting it into my life like that's what it's about right living real life what the fuck let's do it you know but yeah there's that other level where you're like because there's a part where she says i want to go in a motorcycle crash you know and it like specifically goes like and that was like right after i had had, uh, the second time i had listened i had seen that bit about how they died from motorcycle crash and yeah i had the moment of like ah this feels kind of awkward to like like, yeah you know it's like is like i i'm struggling on where there's like is this them bleeding on the page for us or is this kind of eh, a little exploitative of like the idea of like yeah dying there were times especially on the more vulnerable tracks where i guess more emotion would have made the tracks feel more real Mm. but they just kind of sang with the same kind of energy and only sometimes does she kind of give you a little bit more of a guttural, like, really digging deep for it. But never do you really get, like, like, she's singing about, like, am I going to live to this age and looking back at all these things. But I didn't really get that feeling that you would have, like, 
that you vulnerability. That feeling like, no, he's actually like thinking about his life. And yeah, like I just, I don't know. They just didn't go far enough, I guess. So the songs just kind of, most of them, ranged from dull to generic is the feelings mm. I got for most of them. Mm. And then to end on, which again, it's such a weird way to end on Harley Darling. Yeah, it felt like Rock and Roll Heaven should have been the last one, right? Where we end on this song, which again, context, we got these motorcycle sounds over it. Uh, again, yeah, after what we now know. And it's just not a good song. Like, it's, it's so forgettable. Yeah, it's okay. The Wikipedia article, right? Like, I'm just going to keep going back to it. They're talking about the producer, long-time producer, dying in, the, dying in the accident. That was the nail in the coffin for me. I threw, I threw my hands up in the air and just went, yeah, I give up. I went down a very dark rabbit hole of depression, substance abuse, and everything that comes with that. And it's like, that's horrible. And I hate that you had to go through all of that. Like, it's terrible. But it, it, it's not reflected on the album. You think it's a little too clean? It's way too clean. It's very sterile. I'm not one of these people who say, like, I want everyone to go through horrible life experiences because that's the only way. Like, like I don't want everyone to be on drugs because that's the only way they can right. write real music. You know, like, like I don't think it's like, like Danny that. Brown, but... No, come on, man. You could live a good life. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to do the method acting, you know, <laughs> no, like method not everything. Okay. You know? <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but, tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it is It is very, it is way too clean. I, I think the album plays it very safe. And it's just, it's just forgettable for me. I, I ended up walking away with a three. Mm. I, uh, I, I would give it three and a half. Like I said, like, you know, I it, you know it's not like solid, solid, but it's definitely like you know enjoyable enough. And like I said, there are, the bland parts do are what pull it down. But like I said, I think that they are very competent musicians. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy yeah. the musicality of the song. So like, I gotta give it that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's one or two tracks on here. Uh, I actually want to. Um, what was it? Uh, 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 I, I did like 25. I had that moment where I was like, wait, was this gonna be a Bond song? This was gonna be a Bond song for No Time to Die, wasn't it? And they're like, nope, no, it totally wasn't. I was like, sure, it wasn't. Like, uh, <laughs> like this has was going to be in the trailer all over it, you know, the, uh, the serious song of the trailer. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it enough. Like, you know, like I said, I, look, I, I can be a basic bitch. Like, I can, I, I like those songs <laughs> sometimes. All right, sometimes they do it mm. right. Um, but uh, and then uh, what was the other one that I enjoyed? Uh, oh, Witches Burn. So, like, mm. yeah, I I enjoy it. I kind of like Broomsticks if it wasn't less than a minute and actually did something. Because there was like, yeah, oh, it was like an intro to Witches Burn. That, yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit. What is, oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Well, we get this song, though. But still, I wanted to hear more of that song, though. But all right. Well, it was more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the lyrics in there. Excuse me. Especially when she's like, welcome back to the days of old where the men are men and the women are sold. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it's like, but I'll do what you say. I'm learning to obey down on my knees when you call me a dog till I get close enough for a blade to stick it in. Then I'll spit on your grave. Like, come on, you got to You got to like that. You got to love that reference, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, but then there would be tracks, you know, to, to, to speak to your point. Like, oh, was it? Yeah, got so high. That was the most um, trying to emulate the, the, the oh, you know, the, the 70s rock, you know, knock, 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 and on him and down. You know what I mean? That might have been the worst song on the yeah, album was the Got So High. so basic. Like, success showed something at the same time, nothing. I thought I got it, but it seems I've lost it. Like, no. <laughs> like, that's the whole verse. Like, <laughs> like come on now. Like, they got so much going for them. That it's annoying when it just doesn't work. Like, vocalist, great. You've got very confident musicians. They they got a great sound. It's just like, I wish y'all would just do something different. Get, you get, know? get like, your own specific voice. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like I know yeah. that you're good, 
but like what what's the reason why I should listen to this album as opposed to just listening back to the old ones? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, it just didn't really give me much of a reason to. I do want to give a quick shout out to Turning Gold though. I thought that was actually uh, like the highlight of the album for me, especially when when you like, you know, m for most of the time it's been like the rock band and then you like randomly hear a little bit of a little bit of soft pipe organ come in where and the way the music like the way the text painting of the music, I mean, um yeah, like uh, the way the music kind of like plays out it kind of sounds like the person is turning gold with how it with how it feels in the music, you know what I mean? Mm. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. And then at the end where they have a little bit of sitar, like, kind of plays, like, that was actually yeah. pretty fucking cool. And it, again, that was, like, the that little hint of, like, ooh, ooh, okay, you could be doing something a little bit more with the sound. Like, I hear it. I hear it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, competent, uh, dope-ass musicians, good singers, but yeah, you, you just kind of, you, you wish they didn't just Silk Sonic it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it, we're, verba we're verbalizing that now. Moving on from there, Dr. Goatman heard us loud and clear. <laughs> he loud and clear. <laughs> when we reviewed The Man Who Sold the World, and I think the album before that, I had said, if you just keep requesting the Bowie albums in order, we'll keep reviewing them. <laughs> and they said... Okay. <laughs> and they went ahead and requested Hunky Dory, the follow-up to Man Who Sold the World, and the first album where Bowie really has that weird personality about him. Oh, so this is the first... This is so, like... I listened to this album, and it had that moment where I was like, oh, man, this is so interesting. He's doing so much. This is so weird. What year was this? 71! <laughs> it's only 71! <laughs> Going into this album, I remembered it. I remembered it more fondly for the songs I really, really like off of it. Because this album does have a couple of my all-time favorite Bowie cuts on it. But then I forget side B. Uh. Where I, I forget the second side has um, two of the easily weakest cuts Wh which on the album. Say? Uh, Andy Warhol and Song for Bob Dylan. <laughs> back to back, by the way. Okay, yeah. No, you know, uh, I actually, I appreciated the Andy Warhol song a little bit more, knowing about, like, Andy Warhol a bit, and, like, and it's actually kind of funny, um, so, uh, if we're just gonna get into it, because with that song specifically, it was like, he, this, he made this song before he had met Andy Warhol, as, uh, as being yeah. like a... <laughs> As being like, oh man, I think you're so cool. I wrote this song about you, you know. But uh, and when he actually met Andy Warhol, apparently Andy Warhol was like really dismissive of it, and he thought the song was really he didn't bad. Like he, the song, yeah. He was just like, eh, eh. and and the thing about Andy Warhol is that like he is totally a douchebag. Like he, oh, he sucks. Yeah, like, like, Andy Warhol sucks. Yeah, shit. yeah. And so like he's it, like literally like in his real life, he he would do it frequently. Where he's like, oh yes, I'm using this person for this thing, and there I'm using it, and he would just get bored with them and just kind of move on to the next person you know like that was how he was as a person it was like that's just such a shitty you know way to live life and so like it felt like you know reading about it it was like david bowie meeting him and going like oh 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 no this guy sucks and, but what's funny is that in the lyrics it kind of sideways feels like it's actually kind of like pointing that out in a way where you know mm. could have been aware of but kind of end up feeling like right like with the way he sings the lyrics where he's like oh like to take a cement fix be a standing cinema dress my friends up just for shows see them as they really are you know like uh, uh what is it uh i'd like to be a gallery put you all inside my show like the way that he's singing it feels like it's a little bit sneering or it's just like oh this is just what i do i'm playing puppets with my friends you know what i mean like yeah maybe that's what andy didn't like i don't know <laughs> it was, it, it was too real like, for him Fuck you <laughs> but the song for Bob Dylan was, uh, yeah, the biggest disappointment because it just felt like, oh, I thought it was going to be talking about like, oh, man, you're, you know, you're speaking for the people doing all these things. But it's mostly about like the hook is specifically about his girlfriend that I, I believe had died like the year before. But it just feels like, but why? Like, it, it's weird. The, the chorus was the part I liked the most. But then it's just like, you know, here's a song for Robert Zimmerman. And it's just it's like, OK. How deep are we going to go with this? Like, yeah, are we going to be talking about specific Bob Dylan things? Or why is it called that? Yeah. But 
just having two songs back to back that present Bowie as like a fanboy for his contemporaries. I don't know. I just didn't really like that. I mean, I, you know, just, I find it kind of interesting yeah. in terms of like, wow, you know, I consider David Bowie this untouchable guy, and yet here he has these people that he looks that like. That is interesting. Like, yeah, it's kind of interesting yeah. to have that moment of like, oh, this was a real person, right? Like, they weren't just like a fucking rock god, you know? <laughs> but, man, the first side with changes opening the album yeah what what do you even say about changes it is like a dope ass track and it, okay it was one of those things where like hearing it at first i i actually like was uh, like the hook for it always kind of like felt like it was oddly mixed a little bit like hmm. you know what i mean like it felt weirdly i don't know like it wasn't Filling the sound, something always just was just like throwing off about me, and then it was just like having that extra little, oh, this is 1971, like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like for someone <laughs> using a whole ass orchestra, like, yeah, maybe they didn't necessarily like have ev all of the tools to use it to the fullest extent, you know what I mean? But like right, the fact yeah. they're doing it this well is like really cool. And then there's a later on track, Kooks, where it really does feel like oh. he's in the fucking groove, where it's like you yeah, can feel the, the lightness of the texture of the violin, where you're like, oh shit, like this album fucking goes places, yeah, no which doubt. you know is the least you could ask for but like damn like it, it really compared to the last one specifically which was like bowie and the most he was experimenting was like he had a couple blues rock songs and then yeah. it was like a couple songs that kind of sounded weird yeah, a little like there was the one that you quoted at the beginning with the uh oh by jimbo and yeah <laughs> the one with the um like was that all the mad men it was just like it talks about his um, half-brother, who actually, if the last song is about him, is really sad and oh, tragic. Yeah, oh my goodness. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, this one, it's so many different sounds he's messing with, and each track is fucking different than the last. Like, they all stand out. Yeah, in fact, yeah, it's like, uh, Oh, You Pretty Things is probably the most normal thing sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, you pretty things, and then you get the eight-line poem, which is just kind of cool, you know. It's just like a simple. It's sort an eight-line poem, all right. Yeah, that's exactly. For sure. <laughs> that's for that. true. And then you get life on Mars, which just blasts oh. you into the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> life on Mars. If you if you pressed me to ask me what my favorite Bowie song was, I'd probably say Life on Mars. Oh, it's just every moment is it's, so good. <laughs> it's at least top three. Like, god damn, it's so good. But the other one comes later. Another one, another one of my top three comes later on the second half. But uh, changes is untouchable. I, I think. Um, oh, you pretty things is is criminally underrated as as a fucking track on here. I think it's so good. It Bowie's commentary on his lyrics, pop culture <laughs> at the time and the youth is like it. It this is well, you know, it's so funny because. The opening track on um, Black Parade, when we reviewed that, the MCR album, mm -hmm. I said it reminded me of um, the opening track on Bowie's album, Ziggy Stardust, Five Years. It sounds a lot like it musically, mm -hmm. but you listen to Oh You Pretty Things, it reminds me of Teenagers, <laughs> where Bowie is just like talking about like oh you pretty things you're driving your mamas and papas insane like it's just this little older like not by much but a little bit older guy just like yeah you fucking kids are weird and he's got that like voice uh like he's got this like i think david bowie is more of a like a relatively high high baritone but and i feel like his low, like, because when he digs in, and I think I hear it especially, like, on later songs, singles that I've, like, you know, heard over my life or whatever, where it's like, you can, you know, when did you say run, I'll run with oh, you. Yeah. You know, when he digs into his, like, I feel like that's really where his richness is, and his higher part is, like, really, like, it is light, but he knows how to use it, and it's, it like, he knows how to put the effects on it that makes it, like, you know what I'm saying, like, puts you in that specific mode that he's trying to put you in, you know, let me make it plain, gotta make for the home of superior like i cannot em emulate like it feels like i'm like only like the best i can do is sound like i'm making fun of it but i'm so trying hard to mimic, to mimic that exact timbre that he gets that's so fascinating the, fu 
the fucking high note at the end of the chorus on Life on Mars. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he, he's all over the place. Oh, like, oh, we're talking about Life on Mars. The fucking lyrics. Oh, oh my God. Sailors oh. fighting in the dance hall. Oh, man, look at that caveman go. It's the freakiest style. <laughs> and then take a look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yo, Bowie, you motherfucker. <laughs> Then we fucking got kooks. This is a standout track for for real. So this is, uh, Bowie wrote a song for his son. Oh, so it's, it, he's talking to his son saying like, oh, do you want to hang out with us weird people? And if you ever have to go to school, remember how they messed up this old fool. Yes. D- don't pick fights with the bullies or the cads, because I'm not much cop for punching other people's dads. <laughs> Can oh. you fucking picture that? <laughs> David Bowie. Fucking David Bowie uh-huh. getting in like, like, oh, you're yeah. picking on my son, and this David Bowie having to like pick a to fight. Come to fisticuffs with somebody. <laughs> yeah, what, what the fuck? This is a, and if the homework brings you down, we'll throw it on the fire and take the car downtown. It's like, man. <laughs> This is really sweet. And just, like, picturing David Bowie as a dad is so fucking, like... My dad. (laughs) It's so fucking cool, man. And I think Quicksand is a fine song, too. It's, um... It's not the catchiest on the record, but it has such a lush instrumental. The lyrics on the album do get kind of cryptic, especially on, like, like Quicksand, I think, is one of those. Yeah, one lyric in particular where he says... I'm tethered to the logic of Homo sapien. Can't take my eyes off from the great salvation of bullshit faith. Like... I was just like, ooh. I mean, not necessarily cryptic, but it was just kind of like, oh, man. He'll just say some shit that's a little too real. Yeah, I mean, like, he brings up uh, the fucking uh, Homo Superior and the other song. There's Homo, Homo Sapien now. And Genius was wondering whether or not he was going back to his, um... You, you remember on um, Man Who Sold the World, there were a couple songs where Bowie was trying to... What was it? He said, um... I was trying to write songs like I knew what Nietzsche meant. Like, I was trying to write like I understood his writings when I really didn't. Like Ubermensch and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that might be coming through on a couple of these songs, too. Yeah. It's weird to picture, though, that Fill Your Heart is the first (laughs) song on the second side. So this is the first song you hear when you flip the album over. Uh. And... It's very uncharacteristic for a few reasons. Yeah, it's such a weird jaunty little tune. It's got the. It's got these jaunty little horns. Yeah, the saxophone just just ever so lightly playing around. <laughs> it's off-putting almost <laughs> how optimistic his lyrics are, and it's like you can hear his smile. If that makes sense, right? Like it sounds like he's singing with a smile, like. Uh, th- th- something's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. Feels like, is this propaganda? Like, you get that sort of feel, right? Like, um, oh, and then the way he almost sounds like the freaking monarch, uh, from the Venture Brothers with, with the voice where he goes like, love will clean your mind and make you free. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> yeah. like the villain about to put you into the mind control thing, you know? <laughs> like, yes, everyone will be free when you buy my device, you know? <laughs> Honestly, the most interesting part of Andy Warhol is the beginning. Yeah, Because it's yeah. got, like... Which so feels like an Andy Warhol thing. Hey, we're actually just kind of talking. Uh, the, oh, yeah. But, uh, this, what, is this kind of And it's, like, cutting the audio in weird ways. Yeah. And you hear the cuts and... It's like, okay, you, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and you hear the, the producer, like, Andy Warhol. And and Bowie goes, um... What'd you just say? And he goes, Warhol. And he goes, he goes it's Warhol. Like holes, Andy Warhol. Like holes, and I was like, "Why are you doing this fucking Stewie Griffin impression, Bowie? I don't know what you're doing here." Wait, what's happening? So he was trying to say it because I'm pretty sure it's Warhol. But he was like, "No, no, it, it, it's Warhol." Like holes. Always got to change the pronunciation of shit. You did it with Latin and you're doing it with American artist names. And then there's just like silence. And and you hear like people shuffling things around and they're like, are we going? (laughs) Are we ready to go? (laughs) Like, I thought that was interesting. And then the song is just kind of whatever. Like, I hate to say it, but like. After Quicksand, I'm skipping down to Queen Bitch, because yeah. Queen Bitch is so fucking good. Yeah. I love Queen Bitch so much, and it makes me wish that Bowie wrote more, like, stories. It's sung from the point of view 
of like, I don't know if it would be like drag queen. I'm up on the 11th floor and I'm watching the cruisers below. It's like, okay. Um, he's down on the street and he's trying and he's trying hard to pull sister flow. So yeah, there's, there's someone down there. Oh, and I, I, see. I guess. Yeah. With the, uh, with the cruisers looking, you know, mm-hmm. for some, you mm-hmm. know, um, Oh, my heart's in the basement. Oh, my weekend's at an all-time low. Um, but she's hoping to score, and I can't see and I can't see her letting him go. Um, yeah, because I feel like swishy is specifically used for, like, gaming, right? Like, th- yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, like, swishy, yeah. Oh, and she's known in the darkest of clubs for pushing ahead of the dames. So that's why I pictured, like... I get you. It's like a drag queen who's, like, more popular than, like, like the cis women. That's mm-hmm. that's the well, that's what I always got, and then it goes okay. um. But it could have been me. Yeah, it could have been me. <laughs> like that's was so fucking funny to me. It's just this person being like looking down there and just being like, I could fucking pull that off. It's just this fucking character. Like, I I can't think of another song where he does it like that. You know, like where it's where he's just putting on this character and this inner monologue is so fucking clever it's so it's so much fun it's so jarring <laughs> to end with the Bellway brothers yeah or, or was it Bewley brothers uh, yeah i guess it would be Bewley brothers yeah, it, you know those british people <laughs> they got to say it their way it ends super creepy yeah where I'll say that like, in a voice that he has not done at any other point in the album where he's like where he goes super cockney like lie me placing bite me pie I'm starving for me gravy and like and there's like an extra doubling higher and lower voice that sounds really weird it's yeah so strange and it just happens too yeah. like yeah, it doesn't give you any warning that it's gonna do that yeah like <laughs> just for the day please come away Man, if it weren't for spoilers, um, the next Bowie album, I would say this would be my favorite one. So second overall, probably in his entire discography, this is probably my second favorite album of his. Um, Walked away with a four and a half. Yeah, I got four and a half as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that about wraps it up. For this week's episode of Going Off, uh, we want to give you a big, big thanks for spending your time with us this week. Follow us on our Twitters and YouTubes. We both have our own our own individual Kofis and Patreons, but if you want to request an album uh, for us to talk about on this show, head on over to our joint Kofi, that is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Uh, what do you got going on over on that side? Uh, well, of course, I got my uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash rapcritic, where you can uh, join the uh, Patreon and get to see episodes early, plus listen to the movie podcasts that I do, uh, the exclusive episodes, and join the Rap Critic Patreon, you know, so that's always fun. Um, and, you know, of course, you can, uh, on, on my uh, Kofi, kofi.com slash rapcritic specifically, you can request... Uh, album streams that's the that's the new joint that's uh coming in um hmm. so yeah you can request those i just did uh uh the best of well rizzo but that was well because the request that they did was kind of short so i was like all right let me do something else um but they had requested uh taking the bangers which was really fun so uh yeah that's where if you request an album stream or you request me to do a best of of such and such artists you know i'll i'll compilate uh some of the you know <laughs> I, I dig through their discography you know what i'm saying and come up with like the joints where i'm like yo this is why you should listen to this person you know what i mean um and then of course uh, my movie re- review podcast we have the kofis going for that you know where you can request a movie or you can request a music video for me to do so yeah that's what's going on on my end of course you can follow me on the social medias I'm on twitter and on uh instagram you're doing a great public service doing the sifting through the entire body of work and being like, these are the gems. <laughs> that's what I kind of did with Insane Cloud Posse at first, right? Where it's just like, world's mm. worst band, oh, all their songs are bad, hmm, well, let me see, you know? <laughs> I had actually done that, uh, something very similar with Neb this past week because we had watched um, the Beatles documentary and they're not as aware of the Beatles catalog of work Mm. so at the end of it they were just like hey like i'm interested in checking some of this out like what are their best songs in your opinion like what are your favorite songs so 
I was like, hmm, okay. And just kind of went through because there are definitely some artists. Like, I mean, ICP, first album's like, what, 92? Yeah. And they still put out albums, like, as of this year. So it's like, that's a very daunting discography. And there are right. a lot of people who it's like, where the fuck do you even start with some of these people, you know? That's probably what turns off a lot of people from older music is mm-hmm. you just don't know where to start. It's like, right. okay, what's their best stuff? Where do I go? Like... Not everyone has a fucking best of compilation you could just go to, and even then, yeah, those don't include all the best songs. Exactly, uh, yeah, guarantee because that's just oh. oh, what's old the most. Let's throw those together, you know. Like in my CD collection, I really try to make it a habit of not buying compilations because like, they always leave off the songs you want. Yeah, like, right? because it, because the end of the day isn't to make you not buy the other albums. Like you, they, they still they force your hand like. Well, if you want all of, all of them, you're going to have to buy the other CDs anyway. Like, we only put this out because the artist had a five-album deal. Right. yeah. And they only had a couple songs they put on this one. So it's like, oh, it's like nine songs I've heard before and a couple new singles we're trying to push. And that's the only reason this whole CD exists. It's like, then why the fuck? But until next time for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And somebody gave me this telephone... Uh- I think it was Edie. Oh. Yeah, it was Edie, and and she said I could talk to God with it, but um, I didn't have anything to say. So here.